You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in today. Vox and Hops episode number 30. Can't believe that we're there already. It seems like uh, not too long ago I just launched this in uh, late October of last year. I am uh, extremely happy to be back home after being on tour for the past uh, four and a half, almost five weeks in North America alongside aborted, benighted, hideous divinity in the hell over North America, the ultimate blast beat parties. Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to uh, all the bands, all the crew members. Uh, It is an honor. It is a pleasure. And I had a great, great, great fucking time on tour with all you boys. So um, huge shout out to the boys in Aborted. Um, This is my second tour in a row with you guys. And uh, it is always a pleasure. And every night I was going up on stage and performing a hoarder of macabre up on stage every night with them and that was an honor it was a truly a pleasure to to hang out in a different way on stage you know turning and like looking at Sven and it's no longer Sven it's Sven on stage it's it's an interesting thing that gets to happen to uh, front men we transform into different people when we're on stage and it was fun to to witness the band in that aspect huge shout out to the boys in Benighted uh, you were only there for half of the tour but uh I deeply, deeply, deeply love you boys. You are the happiest, most positive people to tour with. Uh, the singer, Julien, Vox and Hops alumni, uh, huge shout out to you. You are a breath of fresh air. You are uh, a huge teddy bear, and uh, I can't wait to see you in Lyon coming up on the next tour in Europe, and I'm looking forward to my hug. Uh, the boys in Hideous Divinity, I met you for the first time, minus Stefano, who's doing double duty on this tour because he was playing bass for Aborted. I just want to give you guys a huge shout out. You guys were super cool, uh, super professional, and uh, a, a real pleasure to be around. So, uh, all in all, hell over North America, great fucking time. I want to give a huge shout out to my boys, the Cryptopsy boys, and especially to my crew. Um, Jim Gregory came out. His first tour, extensive tour of the United States with a band uh, selling our merchandise. Uh, I really, really think that you you did a fucking great job. And uh, I really, really appreciate you, dude. Your positivity, your uh, work attitude, your work ethics. I really, really, really appreciated you. And I'm looking forward to working with you again. Uh, we got two sound men on this tour. We had the wonderful Alexander Kendrick who I interviewed, and that will be coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I love you, dude. Uh, we met on uh, Devastation on the Nation when I didn't know who you were, and uh, I really, really uh, like you, dude, and we're going to hang out some more. We have lots of fun together. And up here in Canada, huge shout-out to Tom for coming out, filling in on those Canadian dates. Uh, we worked together in uh, early December when we did a little run-up here in uh, Canada, and uh, you're a fun dude, too, and we got even got to party your birthday uh, the night of uh, Toronto, and that was absolutely an incredible night. Uh, uh, and um, we wouldn't have gotten anywhere if it wasn't for our driver. So a huge, huge, huge shout out to Donnie Hill. Thank you for getting us all around the States and a bit of Canada extremely safely. And you even got us through that drive from Montreal to Rwanda, which was absolutely insane. So huge shout out to you, Donnie. And I'm hoping to cross paths with you once again in the near future. I have to give a huge uh, thanks and appreciation to the people that brought out some beer for us on this trip, uh, throughout the past week, uh, we had Etienne Doré, Christian Mongrain Thériault, uh, who came out in Rouyn-Aranda and gave us a bunch of uh, delicious, delicious local Quebec beers. They were much appreciated, boys, and they were absolutely de- delicious. I have to give a shout-out to um, a, a drummer that I've known for a long time. Uh, back in the day, uh, Three Miles Green played with 
Crimson Shadows, and the drummer's name is Corey Hoffing, and you came out and you brought me some great, great stuff. There was this uh, zombie imperial stout that you brought out that we drank late night in Toronto, and it was delicious, dude. So thank you so much. I'm stoked to see you again. And a longtime friend of the band, Kat Ashcroft, you came out and you brought us some delicious uh, Berliner Weiss from the Collective Arts Brewing. There was a ginger lime one and a cucumber... Something that tasted like bubble gum. It was, it was delicious. Thank you so much, Kat, and uh, I'm looking forward to hanging with you again. And also, I had an awesome collaboration, which I did in Toronto, with Chris from Jayhoff's Films. He's a YouTuber. He's got a great YouTube channel. You guys should check it out. The Jayhoff Films. He makes metal memes, uh, many metal, metal comedy parodies, and uh, him and his crew came out, and we did a collaboration, Vox and Hops and Jayhoff's Films, which is out right now. You can see it on, on YouTube. I have posted it on the Vox and Hops page. You can check that out. Him and his crew came out, and we filmed uh, this little collaboration interview with him, and he brought us a whole stack of delicious, crazy Ontarian beers, uh, which fueled Tom's party that night, and I shared a whole bunch of the rest of uh, the beers that were with the, the rest of the tour package, because uh, we just had too much to bring home, so it was, it was awesome, and we really appreciate you all. Thank you so much, but hats off to uh, one person in particular who uh, blew my socks off in Toronto. Uh, Jamie Morris uh, from Henderson Brewing had hit me up before the tour and had invited me to come do an interview on premises at Henderson Brewing. Sadly, I didn't have the time, but he brought out a whole bunch of beer from Henderson and uh, they've been delicious. I've been working my way through them here at home and tasting them. But the one thing that Jamie did, which just blew my mind, was that Jamie Morris brewed the first Vox and Hops beer. He made a beer just for the podcast. He said he made it on his balcony. It was a, a small batch, just uh, he brought a one bottle, like a large growler of this thing, and it was called the Lots of Hops, and it was a, uh, it was a double dry hopped, double IPA, clocked in about 8%. It was uh, absolutely delicious. It was a hazy, cryo hopped, double hopped, double IPA. It was delicious. It was hazy. It was fruity. It was everything that I like a beer to be, and I'm completely humbled and in awe that you did this, Jamie. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I am uh, humbled and speechless. I was completely blown away that you did this. The first Vox and Hops beer from from the discussion of me creating this podcast, you know, uh, almost about a year ago right now to the point that someone is coming and bringing me, presenting me with a beer for my podcast blew my mind. So, so a huge thank you to you. Today on the podcast, uh, I have a fellow podcaster, a fellow vocal screamer. I sat down with Monty Bernard when I was in Portland. We had a great chat. Here it is, Vox and Hops, number 30. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> Today I am in Portland, Oregon, at the Belmont Tap House. Yes, station, Belmont Station. Belmont Station with <laughs> Monty Bernard of Casting Metal Podcast and Casting Metal News, the Metal News website. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Um, he is also a death metal vocalist. I dabble. <laughs> <laughs> I met you in 2017. Yes. On the Devastation on the Nation tour. When you were the front man of the Kennedy Vale. Correct. So uh, what have you been doing? You've been busy? I've been busy. I've been busy. I, uh, I did a couple runs with the Kennedy Vale. Had some fun with those boys. Uh, their drummer, Gabe Sieber, and I go way back. Our uh, roots in Sacramento. That's right. Fox and Hops alumni, Gabe, Gabe uh, Sieber. Yes, yes. Yeah. That was a great episode. Um, after that, I filled in for the vocal position uh, in Fallujah. 
did a European tour with them, did a full run of the States with them uh, as they kind of transitioned away from Alex Hoffman to their now new vocalist, Antonio Palermo. Been doing some other side projects, kind of this and that, uh, and lending my voice to certain things just for fun, shits and giggles, as it were. Uh, and now I have the nine to five tech startup, a fiance, two small dogs, and I'm having a beer with you. Awesome. Awesome. Nine to five tech startup. What is that? I work for an app called Expensify. Okay. So uh, in a nutshell, what it does is it makes it so that people who do expense reports don't have to do them because expense reports suck. Everyone hates doing them. (laughs) I'm actually in the process, and I'd love to talk to you more about this a little later off mic, but I'm in the process of kind of rolling out a solution for bands, for accounting, for management, tour management, and agents on ways they can basically use this app to correlate and make much easier their uh, pain-in-the-ass tour accounting at the end of the day. It is a pain in the ass. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the one that does it. I saw the, yeah, right? <laughs> so I saw kind of uh, what we do as an application. Uh, what I do for them is a lot of onboarding training set up for bigger companies, and I kind of want to take that skill uh, and parlay it into helping tour managers and maybe kind of build more of a presence for our application and our platform in the music industry as a whole, not just in the metal just again make life easier for everyone that's awesome that's awesome we're drinking a beer it's a hazy rye pa yes it is the modern times solar oath i only remember because it sounds like such a good band name <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see what the sucker's got yes. cheers cheers it smells uh delicious tropical fruity creamy almost the color is a beautiful uh opaque haze on the paler side And it's got uh, a delicious, creamy, tropical flavor. Uh, Very, very good beer. Yeah, Yeah. the the IPA is there. The IBUs are definitely to a degree, but they feel curbed by that rye, by the haze, is is less piercing, is less Mm -hmm. penetrating. It's not very bitter, which which is the style of IPA that I'm really in love with right now. Uh, Let's talk, are you a beer, craft beer enthusiast? Uh, I I started out my my beer journey, as it were, uh, as a craft beer enthusiast. I I started out on um, Old Rasputin was my first first love of a beer. Oddly enough, at the ripe old age of 25. I was straight edge, actually, until then. Really? Playing a lot of converge ripoff bands in my early 20s really? uh and didn't drink didn't smoke didn't do nothing i was a good boy uh and as uh story as old as time i had a bad breakup and uh, beer why not you know why not <laughs> straight to the heavy darkness straight to the heavy darkness uh and o- honestly i gravitated towards it um simply because uh i was such a coffee snob i love yeah. craft coffee yeah. so much um artists and coffees and whatnot so i kind of figured that might be a good transitionary kind of beer a good kind of first beer I fell in love with it, fell in love with stouts, porters. Uh, but then, as we were discussing earlier, I kind of regressed back into the light, uh, you know, beer-flavored water of Coors Light of uh, Rainier, our, our local uh, best-in-brew, so to speak. But now I'm kind of coming full circle. I'm coming, getting back into and gravitating back to your IPAs, uh, even red ales, which I never found good or interesting. I'm uh, getting back into those. Trying to expand the pout a little bit. There's a very strong beer scene here in Portland. Uh, could you name off some of your favorite breweries, local breweries? Local breweries. Um, if local, I guess we can kind of build out the, um, the circumference out to Bend, Oregon. There's a lot of great breweries in Bend, Deschutes, Modern Times, what we're drinking here. Uh, Ninkasi is another great beer. Christmas time, I always get their Slayer beer. Oh, yeah. Spelled like a sleigh, but they write ah, in Slayer yeah, yeah, with yeah, Santa yeah. throwing the goat on the... <laughs> I cannot. That's a great multi-dark ale uh, for any any holiday celebration. But um, those off the top of my head, but there's always something new to discover. 
it's almost option paralysis as we were looking in the bottle room earlier there's it's the same yeah, yeah yeah so much good stuff and the vast majority of it is from right down the street so that's awesome cheers to portland cheers cheers to portland yeah lead, <laughs> leading the way i talked into the beer <laughs> instead of the microphone <laughs> Um, you are not in a touring band right now. Correct. What happened there? Always a bridesmaid, never a bride, Matt. That's what I like to say. <laughs> uh, a couple of just, you know, it, it, things happen. I, I filled in for Alter Beast for a while. Uh, that's a whole nother story on uh, the kind of different trials and tribulations that Andrew and his crew have gone through. Wish them all the best. Um, filled in for Thyarda's Murder, which was a huge opportunity and a lot of fun. Not to get too into it, but it turned out that it came to light, whereas I was under the impression that I was the new vocalist of the band, and I was told that. Um, It kind of came to light that CJ was going through a lot of issues, and he decided that he wanted to rejoin the band and his status and celebrity and, and kind of weight within the band influence. They was stupid of them to say no, so he came back. Uh, but I've toured with them since that, you know, mended fences. They're good guys, uh, share the, share the stage, a couple songs with them. So good times there, but again, just, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs as it is. It's a hard business to, uh, maintain a life in as I'm sure you're well aware with a, a wife and a child. One, we have one daughter. I have one daughter and one son. Oh, wow. Okay. I have a new yeah. Son, yeah. So, you know, it's, so you it know. sucks being away. Absolutely. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. So. Uh, I definitely, you know, still looking to do stuff. I, I have started another project. We're getting a new practice space next week. Got a couple notable names in it. I don't want to jinx it by yep, you yeah, know, yeah, telling yeah. the world, but it does have a couple notable names from, you know, other 30-ish year old dudes in my same kind of predicament and, you know, use case. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just ups and downs, it happens. Um, hard on relationships, hard on financials. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Looking to get back. It's kind of a part-time touring regimen uh, uh this group we're looking to start it's all you know tenured guys who who've done this before who know what they're doing so we want to kind of use our combined uh, acumen to build something that we can maybe do you know a couple weeks here and there luckily my company is very liberal with their uh pto policy so i can leave for a week leave for two weeks and it's not too big of a deal that's it's, it's a very complicated yeah. thing to have um, yeah to have a job that you just walk right back in when you come home it, it's a it's a balancing act and and i commend people who can find that um that balance and they can strike that ability to go back and forth i think the gig economy is fantastic for a lot of people who are looking to do that now yep. with, you know yep. driving delivering walking dogs and all of which i've done all of which i did <laughs> and and you can definitely do it you can definitely diversify and i think it, it it lends itself to say to do this to to be a what you're doing to do a be in a full-time band and have have a family have other jobs and kind of be able to kind of cultivate that balance back and forth the cream of the crop rises, man, where it's like you got to be able to be on your hustle. You got to start a podcast. You got to do <laughs> six other things, wear multiple hats and really be able to kind of parlay one thing into five others. And I think it's really cool to see that the people that are doing it are working and hustling so hard. And it, you know, it'll weed out the fakers. It'll weed out the Absolutely, people that yeah. are just there to be famous. You know, this is the fun part of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually doing the interview and hanging out. Exactly. There's a lot of work that goes on behind it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which is not so fun. Uh, if you could uh, dream gig fill in, you filled in for a lot of bands as you're mentioning. Yeah, what would be your dream gig? Dream gig to fill in a for a singer can't make it for a good reason. You know, he had a baby or something, yeah. something positive, and they call you to step in. 
can we come back to that? I gotta, I gotta okay. rack my brain. But Perfect. I'll, I'll yeah. think of something good. <laughs> I'll think of something good, man, for sure. Oh, like oh, Black Dahlia Murder. Duh. Yeah, there you uh, go. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to do a couple tours with them, uh, and just the fact that Trevor knows my name is just kind of <laughs> like. And, and I, I asked him to do a song on the last Kennedyville record that I did, and he said yes. And when I got those stems back of hearing him sing my words yeah, and yeah. my patterns, I sent him a dry track, you know, a talk track or whatever. And he sent it back. It was just like the goosebumps didn't go away for like 30 minutes. It was it was crazy. He's, yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Man. One of the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about screaming. Were you always a screamer? Did you play an instrument before that? Great question. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's pertinent to the subject of the podcast. Uh, yes, actually, from day one. Um, I well, rather I played guitar picked up a guitar and enjoyed that was playing kind of you know punk songs and you know afi nirvana stuff like that and 12 year old 30 13 year old monty was doing that and uh we signed up for the talent show at my middle school so seventh or eighth grade or so and we wanted to play smells like teen spirit and i could play it on guitar not a difficult song for you know 12 year old fingers uh, but then I tried singing it and I sounded terrible. I do not have a, a melodic clean voice. It's not something that comes naturally to me. I don't have an inclination for it whatsoever. Uh, we also were covering, I believe it was like an AFI song. I, to this day, I can't really remember what the song was. I think it was AFI. Um, and I was screaming it and you know, they were like, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> and literally from there on, I, I started doing it more and more kind of emulating under oath and yeah, like, yeah. Dead poetic and that like early screamo kind of west coast east coast stuff uh, from the states uh and then i started a screamo band in high school and i was the you just abandoned the guitar no i was actually i was the key songwriter on guitar okay but then i did all the the majority of the harsh vocals was myself um our front man did uh primarily cleans but he had you know a little bit of a, of a gruff to him and then after that, I just, you know, I just being the ham that I am, I just wanted the uh, the spotlight and <laughs> loved Converge, loved the more metalcore, uh, kill switch engage sound, wanted to kind of ratchet up the heaviness a little bit, throw a little couple of breakdowns in there. And uh, so I, you know, wrangled the cats, got everyone together, started a band. I, I At the beginning, I wrote a lot of the guitar parts. I wrote a lot of the riffs for it and then would, you know, hand the guitar off and then stick to the mic just oh yeah and then just kept going and 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 here i am today that's awesome who would be your number one scream influencer at the beginning i would say it was jacob bannon uh at the beginning for sure hearing jane doe i hated it at first it was just way too much for my you know zeo lamb of god kill switch engage 18 year old brain it was way too much but then upon the third fourth fifth listen to kind of really delve into it I really liked what he was doing, and I was blatantly ripping him off at the beginning. <laughs> I didn't know how to do lows at all. It was all a high register, uh, all fry, all pushing way too hard. Um, going forward from that, uh, Eddie Hermida from when he was in All Shall Perish, now Suicide Silence, I always was really impressed with his range and how he could do certain things, and I tried to emulate that. Um, and then Trevor from Dahlia, definitely hearing funeral thirst for the first time while I was working at Baskin Robbins ice cream at being 15 and just being like, what is that? That was, as I'm sure many listeners uh, can attribute to black Dahlia was definitely the gateway band for myself from moving on to metalcore as they lay dying, 18 visions of Treyu to all, like black Dahlia murder. And then, Oh, he's wearing an origin shirt. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. a hate shirt, you know, and kind of moving on 
you know, he's wearing a cryptopsy shirt. Moving on to more of, you know, okay, I can test the waters, I can push the envelope a little bit more, and then kind of opening that realm to myself. You you mentioned high fry screams. So let's. You, that seems to you know what your technique is to a degree. <laughs> Could you explain to people what your approach to vocals is? How you apply a scream if you had to teach someone? Wow. Um, uh, my fiance asked me multiple times to try to teach her, and I try, and she just you know thinks it's silly or can't do it. Or <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna teach her one of these days. Um, to, to a degree, I, I always kind of lend it to the idea of thinking of it as if you watch zombie movies you play video games with monsters and then it's effectively a voice you're doing getting an effect and then pushing it with your diaphragm pushing yeah, it with yeah. the same muscle that you use to take a shit the same muscle that if you make an s noise like you know you you hiss and then you want to make that louder that muscle you use the idea is to make that kind of voice get that tonality and then push that in a certain way so or that and just, you know, doing an impression of Macho Man Randy Savage and then gritting <laughs> it up a little bit. Like, it's, it's, it's funny, right? That's a very, very good description. It's yeah. funny because there's so many peripherals and so many things in pop culture and just in, in, in media in general that do silly voices and intense monster sounds or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, that's scary. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's, that's this. And it's the same applicable skill that if you can do an impression of this or you can do that. That's really all it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've heard this a billion times as a vocalist. It always sounds like, oh, that sounds like it's hurting your voice. Or that sounds so intense. And it's always like, yes, it sounds like it is. But it's very controlled. 100%. Yeah. Very controlled and calculated. Not to say I'm perfect at it. Not to say I haven't blown my voice out multiple times (laughs) on tours. So I I think when we blow out our voice, it's mostly our voice is tired from what we put it through on stage. And then after the show, true, we're talking over loud music and stuff that that's always what gets me. Exactly. Yeah. It's the talking to fans. It's the, you know, answering if we have that shirt enlarged a thousand times, it's using that because you're not thinking about it then because you're just trying to like convey information. There's no technique to talking loud. I've always seen people do that thing where they like push your ear in like this. You ever had someone do that to you? They they push in like the little flap that goes over your ear hole and they'll talk to you and they'll like go up and they like won't talk loud. I don't know what kind of black magic that is, <laughs> but it always works. Really? Every time I try to do it, people look at me like I'm crazy. So <laughs> you have know. to go touch their ear. <laughs> yeah, you, you go and you touch their <laughs> ear and then you talk into it and they talk at like normal volume and magically <laughs> over the band, you know, making uh, 200 decibels of music behind me. That's too funny. I can hear them. I don't understand how it works. And when I try to replicate it, I fail miserably. Who is the best uh, screamer in your opinion? The best, uh, I'd say off the top of my head, Travis Ryan would probably yeah, be. Absolutely. Not only just in his his tone, but in his technique, his ability, his, his range. Getting into the more intense, intense I kind of put vocalists in, in, mold, in two different buckets where it's like one, you can hear a guy and be like, okay, his technique is on point. He knows what he's doing. That's impressive. Uh, I want to listen to this with an analytical ear. Other, the other bucket being how is he doing that? Mm-hmm. That is so, it sounds, it just sounds like it hurts. Even as a vocalist, I'm yeah. hearing him and I'm saying, how is he I doing that? I feel like that? Travis falls into both of those though. A little bit, yeah, 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 which is what makes him so, so impressive. Another, Another tone-centric uh, vocalist I've always been impressed with was uh, Adam Warren from Oceano. Yeah, I've always yeah. found his vocals, especially live. I was um, I was talking about this on my podcast earlier today, actually, recording an introduction, um, that he 
it, I, I had to I, my job was literally dropped and I didn't know it like I was watching yeah. him like <laughs> like it was mind-boggling his control his ability his depth his his intensity all over but it's all very measured um I'm trying to think of of more intense centric vocalists that are just can just belt it <sighs> I'm dropping the ball right now but uh maybe if anyone anyone comes to mind then a little bit I'll no I'll problem. circle back. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you mentioned your podcast. Let's talk a bit about that. How Definitely. did that start? Uh, what inspired you? It, it started just out of my love of podcasts, just, you know, being on the road and listening to, you know, Jamie Josta's podcast and obviously your Joe Rogan's, all the true crime podcasts. It goes, it goes, it goes. There's an unlimited amount of content out there. Jamie Josta's podcast, I'd say first and foremost, was my influence because Josta talks to, you know, your dream theaters, your slayers, your lamb of gods, where it's great to have a spotlight on not necessarily mainstream metal, but I always found there's such an audience on the mid-level touring band that is, you know, playing Bossa Nova Ballroom. They're playing, you know, El Corazon. They're playing places that are, you know, a thousand cap, 500 to 1500 cap. They're in that, 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 that meat spot, that, that meaty spot where they have a respectable following. They're legends in their own right. Or on the other hand, they're up and coming bands that are working towards that, that they're not willing to sacrifice their musical integrity to simply get clicks, get listens and get bigger tours and kind of build that out. So shining a light on the hardest working bands in metal, in my opinion, I found would be, you know what? I, I don't have really a, much of a name in the scene, but I, I've made a few friends and, and I figure if I could parlay just being able to interview them and, and be able to shine a light on their band, it'd be a way of giving back in a way of kind of remaining in the scene in some way that I could, you know, again, be beneficial and, and be helpful uh, and do something I enjoy then then why not if i can't be touring if i'm not out there all the time i figured you know i never shut up about metal i might as well <laughs> record it <laughs> well what's your favorite part of the podcast of doing a podcast what i found recently because i'm slowly running out of friends that i that you i think do, interview do, do interviews with <laughs> is the kind of um trepidation the apprehension the the nerves i had before meeting up with someone maybe I've never met before. I did an interview um, with uh, a guy named Vinny who drums in this band Raiju from the Bay Area of California. They're unsigned. They sound like Protest the Hero meets BT Bam meets Circus Survive. That sounds cool. Very eclectic, very interesting progressive metal that is quite honestly like nothing I've ever heard before. And their manager reached out to me wanting to get them on the podcast. I said, sure, why not? And, you know, again, I've never met these guys. I've never talked to them. And I was kind of, uh, but we hit it off. We had a great conversation. It was one of my favorite episodes so far. And that in itself was was a really kind of eye-opening and enlightening uh, part of it. Editing's not fun. Uh, some days after a long day of work of staring at my computer, I don't want to stare at my computer anymore. But for the most part, um, when the conversation takes off, when we actually, you know, hit on something we strike a, a a nerve and the conversation opens up to something completely else uh, that's prescient and that's pertinent to both of us i find that to be just so fulfilling i love it it's it's a the editing is a pain in the ass it uh yeah it always takes a lot longer than i want it to i'm, I'm finding a few tricks here and there uh-huh but uh, you got to be dedicated. It's you know, if you, I was when I first started doing the podcast, I was waking up very early before my kids would wake up, so that I can get some work in before I went to work. Nice. So damn commendable to you to to, to keep it going. You got uh, many episodes out. Yeah, I think I'm at twenty 
eight or 29 and, yeah. and right back at you man it's, amazing, it's yeah, not yeah. easy being on tour and doing this on tour but it's, it's you got to make the time for it yeah, yeah. yeah and i'm lucky on this tour i'm meeting up with a bunch of people in their hometowns and uh there you go it's been good so far yeah, yeah. do you remind me i know i've listened to a few of your a few episodes now a few episodes deep um you do a few remote as well, like over the phone. No, I no. only do in person. Only yeah. do in person. Because yeah, okay. it's like two friends hanging out, drinking I beer. love it. I love it. Cheers. Cheers again to that. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I'd like to do. That's definitely recommended. <laughs> uh, um, preferred is what I'm trying to say. Definitely preferred. I'm finding more and more that it's, it's becoming more being a homebody as I am. Um, doing more over the phone, finding ways to kind of make it. It's so much better when you can have a face-to-face conversation, though, when you can actually have something and read the other person's body language, yeah, yeah. read the conversation. Uh, luckily, when, when bands come through Portland, um, uh, I try to be you know, a bastion. I try to be an oasis. Hey, you, I'll buy some frozen pizzas. I'll buy a case of beer. Come on over. I have a guest room, couches, all that good stuff. I want to, again, give back to the scene as much as I can. We all know how nice a hot shower and a warm bed is Absolutely. on tour, especially yeah. when you're in a van. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's always a good opportunity to be, I'll get to see a great show. I'll get to see some old friends, maybe make some new friends and then have someone on in my little home quote unquote studio that I have. So good times. Who is the up and coming next big metal band in your opinion? Oh boy. Um, Honestly, to go back to, to, I think Raiju really is is on point. Um, they had to turn down a couple uh, offers for uh, a couple labels reaching out to them just simply because they were really going and going. Um, uh, they had a couple things they wanted to do. They're very, very smart, really, really uh, in-depth business acumen. But uh, I think they're definitely on the rise. But uh, the unequivocal next big thing in death metal is vitriol from Portland, Oregon right now. You're not the first person to have said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kyle and I go way back. Um, their, their main songwriter, vocalist, and guitar player, his girlfriend, his now ex-girlfriend, unfortunately, and uh, my fiance are, are really close friends. And um, even prior to that, I was in a band in Sacramento. I reached out to him up here in Portland looking for some, you know, just doing some DIY gigging. We hit it off talking about metal, just kind of same philosophy on life. Uh, He lives in Seattle now, but is looking to move back. But uh, Kyle and I are definitely very close. Um, Them signing to Century Media. Yeah, that's huge. That just happened. Yeah, It's huge. Congrats Uh, to them. A hundred percent. He was telling me about some of the particulars on how hard they negotiated in the deal. And, and I'm proud of him and stoked for them for that. Kyle had a very scary health scare recently, which is why Vitriol came out with their Pain Will Define Their Death EP. And then they went kind of MIA. He almost died because of uh, intestinal rupturing. Really? So he was uh, in the hospital for that for a while. He, um, I'm only saying this with his blessing because he did say on my podcast, he did kind of uh, full disclosure on that. Um, he got addicted to opioids after the surgery. So he was really Shit's dangerous dude, right? Yeah. And so he was struggling with that for a very long time. Uh, and then basically had to claw his way back up and do this. And, and, and now where they're at now, you know, the plans that I'm unfortunately not at Liberty to divulge. So, I don't, you know, I, I want to, obviously they're going to let that be known when it's known, uh, <laughs> but they got some big shit coming up. I've heard some pre-production stuff from the, from the new record. Be wary. <laughs> Vitriol. Vitriol. Coming at you. <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard them and you're listening, give them a Google. Vitriol. <laughs> what would be your ultimate horror tour story? Horror tour story. Oh, man. Um, horror in what capacity? Just like a horrible day. A horrible day. Um, 
Interesting. Something that's funny now, but it wasn't there. <laughs> Aren't they all? Aren't they all? Um, definitely did a run of shows that was, uh, I guess it's a, it's a few days. Um, it was four shows, two of which were in pizza parlors, and one of which was in the sidebar of a bowling alley. Oh, my God. Shout out to Daniel <laughs> DeFonts for that one. Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you got DeFonts. <laughs> haven't we all? Uh, uh that that's that's a pretty bad one. Definitely drove. This is a way way back in the day when I was still um, doing local shows with my band in Sacramento. Drove all the way out to Chico, California, which is about three ish hours uh, out of Sacramento. Sicker than a dog. Blown voice all the way. Could barely get to the set. Almost passed out in the middle of the set. Um, kind of giving you a couple rapid fire ones here. Um, I guess this is a good time. I, I wanted to talk about our, uh, my Studio 7 show. Yes, as we were yes, talking yes. about That apparently Studio 7 is closed now. That's what I heard me. last night because I was up in Seattle last night. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. End of an era. Terrible sound, but <laughs> the a, lot worst. Of, a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go ahead. My first time at Studio 7 was Summer Slaughter 2008. <laughs> it's so hot. It was so oversold that before we got on stage, the promoter got up on stage and said, please, some of you have to leave. <laughs> I'll give you tickets to any of free shows coming up. The, the shows coming up, you choose, and I'll give you free tickets. But some of you have to leave. Not the firemen are going to shut us down. Oh my God! Did people leave? People left, and we only got to play like two songs because Jesus, that happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember being there for the um, Cannibal Corpse was headlining Summer Slaughter a couple of years back. It was the best, the best Summer Slaughter. It was, it was, sick. in my opinion, yeah, quite sick. But it was. Hotter than a than than hell on an, in August, man. It was it was rough. It was it was unbearable to be in there. Like I would only come in for parts of sets simply because I could not bear the heat. I was in short shorts and like a tank top. And what what still, a fucking lineup that was, though. Oh yeah, unstoppable. But um, playing Studio Seven um prior to that, and I love that it all culminated in Studio Seven because if you know Studio Seven's uh green room, I'm making yes. air quotes. Uh, yes. is just. Pretty gross back yes. there. Yes, um, that shower. Oh god, yeah. that shower was rough. <laughs> my uh, my left thumb. Apparently, I was I was uh, you know mindlessly biting thumb like my uh, you know hangnail or whatever, mm-hmm. as it were, and um, sweating on stage every night. Uh, it got infected, and so it started to hurt extremely bad. Just pulsating pain. We got to the point that I couldn't. As I have my mic in my right hand, I couldn't I couldn't adjust the stand with my left hand because my thumb hurt so bad. Really, it was just I couldn't touch it, couldn't anything. And then it started to turn green, Ooh. like in the in the little crevice right here. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, be, America being the bastion of free healthcare that it is, <laughs> uh, we drove to Vancouver, <laughs> uh, of which I had none, of course. I uh, decided to uh, bear grills it, just take it into my own accord, and I went to a pharmacy. Bought um, some alcohol, rubbing alcohol. Uh, went and bought a um, what do you call it? A uh, safety pin. Yeah, a safety yeah. pin. Borrowed someone's lighter. I bought some liquid bandage and some band aids. Uh, and I effectively I cauterized the safety pin and I sliced it open myself and did a little little surgery in that in that lovely super clean pristine bathroom <laughs> backstage. Squeezed out all the pus and goodies and all that fun junk that was in my thumb. You know, cleaned it up bandaged it up and uh played the show unbelievable that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> oh that, that venue that venue 
<laughs> what is your? We could continue on venues. What is a favorite venue of yours to play? Favorite venue of mine to play, um, simply because of its. I guess it's it's kitsch. It's uh, St. Vitus in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, yeah, great I, show there. I yeah. love St. Oh, Devastation Vitus. was there. That's true. That was a great show. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, St. Vitus is is such a good time. Um, just I, I the first time I ever played there a few years back, I have a great memory of just driving around Brooklyn. We couldn't find it. Like GPS is, it's there. It's so inconspicuous. Yeah, it's it is. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like a black door. Yeah, like, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's like it's not yeah. there. And then we park the van. Like, okay, let's find this place. And we um, we wander around and we see some dude who looks like he would know where Saint Vitus is. And it was something out of the movie. Like, it's right there, man. And we, you know, <laughs> knock on the door and they open it up and like Ozzy's blasting. It's ice cold in the middle of the summer outside, but ice cold AC on the inside. And it was like the promised land. I uh, <laughs> I enjoy all hundred. 50 people that can cram in there i oh it's such a fun venue to play i agree i agree uh do you have anything else you want to add oh. some shout outs casting metal we yeah. talked about casting metal news uh, yeah I, I didn't hit on that yet yeah casting is proving to be a lot of work uh i completely <laughs> agree with you and when i saw you started doing it i was like Ooh. you got a lot of competition too which, I do. which, which makes it i do and which makes it very a tough thing it, to do, it's yeah. still in its infancy yeah. it, it's still definitely getting started um this is lay out what lay out what it is for people so the, the, the idea behind it was we wanted to be just a a, a new centric no bullshit no tabloid click bait stuff i'm not in it to make money i just wanted to kind of be an alternative to a lot of the um metal sucks <laughs> the blast beat <laughs> network as it were yeah. yeah wanted to be an alternative to that uh it's proven to be you know partially a full-time job to kind of correlate that do One, you, you run it all you do all the posting you to a degree now i apologize this beer is making me burpy um we started out with a couple partners a couple silent partners that wanted to work with it but you know as anything and i'm not blaming anyone there's no money from it. There's no money coming in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, I mean the, the, the idea going forward is if I guess, you know, I, I'll put in the elbow grease. I don't mind. But having those connections to those guys who are willing to work with it, I'll get first run of press releases. I'll get okay, a little that's bit cool earlier. That, yeah. So that yeah. was kind of the idea behind yeah. it is we want to do that so we can kind of have a little bit more insider networks with some other stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff with Devastation on the Nation this year. Again, we're building. Uh, we want to build some more content, uh, YouTube channel. There's a lot of you know lofty goals, but you know, being a married dude in the near future, and, and that work, you know, you got a full time job, full time job. You got to practice with the band. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's it's it takes a lot of work. Just the podcast alone is yeah. hours, hours of work, hours of work. It's a labor the proper of love. tagging. <laughs> That's, honestly, it takes me longer to write a fucking post on Facebook and get all the tagging right than it does to sit down and have a beer with the dude. Exactly. Yeah. It's all, all the bullshit behind the scenes. But uh, as I'm sure you'll agree, it's a labor yeah. of love. Yes. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. It's great to, to do this. And, and connect with people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's what makes metal the best. Uh, I am in. I, when I saw that you did that, I was like, "Oh, that's a good idea." Sponsoring devastation, uh, quote unquote. Yeah, great. <laughs> Defonce letting me put the, the name on there. It's so. cool. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, yeah, that's a very uh, good I'll idea. I'll be doing yeah. some interviews with those guys um, uh, on casting metal, and I'll actually, funny enough, my work. Uh, I'm going to Asheville, North Carolina, the same week for work that Devastation on the Nation is going to be there. So I'll get some more content, and then try to get 
at least a handful, at least three or four interviews out of that and kind of build that out. But again, it's all for the glory of, you know, how much we all love metal and to kind of shine a light on that. I don't know if I'm reaching any new ears who haven't heard of these kinds of bands before, but if we reach you never know, you never know, you never know. Not everyone is uh, into the the black and death metal. Exactly. And they should be. They should be because, uh, yeah, (laughs) you'll have fun with Serpent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So get him, get him a nice Modelo. There you He'll go. be happy. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Pro tip. Pro or tip. Uh, spicy sauce. Ooh. You bring him spicy sauce. Okay. I really like you. Oh, I'll, I'll come the loaded. Spicier, the spicier, the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for coming, hanging out with me. 100%, man. Bringing me to... Belmont Station. Bringing me to Belmont Station. <laughs> Drinking a great hazy rye PA with me. And uh, I'm stoked to see you. It's Likewise, good. man. Stoked to see the set later tonight. All the best. It's going to be good. Thank you. Take care. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening right to the end. Uh, oh, I, I had a good time uh, editing this podcast. I was chuckling my way through it. We were sitting in this uh, patio section of the back of this uh, tap room, and it was raining, it was pouring. I wasn't sure how the audio was going to turn out, and then this group of people just come and sit right next to us and start laughing and having a crazy conversation. But I, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. It actually uh, turned out really well. So uh, uh, great conversation. I love Monty. You should check out his podcast. Casting Metal is in the description. Um, you should also... Go and get your tickets for the next Cryptopsy tour, which is coming up. It's starting next week. I'm having a great time at home. Sadly, it's so short. Uh, I love being at home with the kids, the family. Um, it, but sadly, that's the life of a, of a touring musician. you got to go back on the roads sometimes close together. It's just the way it is. It all starts off May 3rd at the Netherlands Death Fest. And then on the 4th, it's at the Dreamer Fest in France. And then it continues up uh, into Scandinavia and back down throughout uh, the Czech Republic and Germany. This time around, we're on tour with Ingested, Insight, Night Rage, Demonical, and Glory Hole Guillotine. So get your ticket. It's on the Cryptopsy website in the tour section. Next week on the podcast, I have uh, YouTuber Chris from J. Hoff's Films, our collaboration. He just released the video portion of this. I'm going to release the audio as a Vox and Hops episode. Um, it was a great chat. Uh, I didn't know what to expect when I met up with him. Uh, I didn't realize how popular it was. Uh, huge, huge, super cool metalhead, uh, funny dude, very humble. A great chat. Uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. As always, I just uh, want to thank all of you for listening. I really appreciate each and one of you. Um, I feel like the podcast is growing, and I feel that it's thanks to all of you for spreading the word. I can't do this without all of you. I really appreciate you, and thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a great week. Hang out with your family. I will. I hope that you hang out with your friends, your loved ones, and most importantly, drink great craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. 
Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.